0: And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Today we're going to kind of follow
1: up where we left off last week. We're going to follow up and talk about acting your faith. You know, last week we talked about how faith in God is more than just a belief. Real faith in God has actions to it. When you really believe God, it's more than just a conviction. It starts off as a conviction of your heart, but then it gets translated into you taking some very concrete steps before you receive the answer to your prayer. We looked at Joshua chapter 6, and remember God told Joshua and the armies of Israel, I have given the city of Jericho into your hand. But it's not going to fall into your lap like ripe cherries off a tree. You've got to do some things. You've got to start obeying what I tell you to do. He says, here's your battle strategy. You're to wait, you're to walk, and no talking. For six days, they waited around. They walked one time around the city, and they couldn't say a word. And on the seventh day, he says, you're going to march around it seven days, seven times. And he says, the priests are going to blow their trumpets. And on that seventh time, those you're going to shout. Now, you've got to shout, and then I'm going to go to work. Now, you got to remember that 40 years earlier, this is the very city that had scared the pejeebers out of 10 of the spies. Go back and read Numbers 13. They said there are a walled cities. Cities there. We can't take those walled cities. But God said, I want you to march around it. I want the priest to blow their horns. I want the priest to carry the ark. And when I say shout, you're going to shout. And guess what? The walls ended up falling down. Now, here's the deal. They had to obey God before the walls came down. See, you and I can shout when the walls have come down, right? Anybody can shout when you get an answer to prayer. Anybody can shout when, 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 when you've been set free or you've been healed or your needs been met. It takes faith to shout before the walls came down. I think about Peter. Peter gets ridiculed. He gets criticized because as he walked on the water to Jesus, he got scared and he began to sink. He gets criticized, but you know what? He's walked on the water a whole lot more than I have. Now, I have walked on a frozen lake in Wisconsin. Does that count? I don't think so. And, and and we ridicule Peter sometimes, but we forget that it was Peter who took his left leg and he put it over the side of that boat. And then he took his right leg and he put it over the side and he put his feet on that liquid water. He knew that the Sea of Galilee was hundreds of feet deep there. And it was Peter who f- stepped out on the water. He looked at Jesus and he began taking steps. And I don't know how long he walked on the water. It may have been for several minutes minutes and the bible says that when he took his eyes off of jesus and he got his eyes onto the the effects of the wind and the waves that he began to sink and he said master save me and immediately he was in the boat with jesus everybody open up your ears i want you to hear me if you need the lord in your life all you got to cry is master save me if you need Jesus, see, He's he, he is looking for people whose hearts are upright within him, whose hearts are responding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. All you have to say is, Master, save me. Jesus, have mercy on me. And I told you last week, I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter any day. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. Come on, tell them. Faith in God is the connection. You see, you get saved when you express faith that Jesus is risen from the dead, that God has raised him from the dead, and you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, that's the connection. It takes faith in God. Faith in God is the connection by which you receive healing. Faith in God is the connection by which you begin to walk in the abundant life. Faith in God is the connection by which you're set free from depression. Faith in God is the connection whereby you're set free from so very many things. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, faith in God is also the connection whereby we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 19, verse 1. It says, Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. What is a disciple? A follower of Jesus Christ. He found some followers of Jesus Christ. He found some disciples. Verse two. He said to them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" Now, note that question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He didn't ask them, "Have you got the Holy Ghost?" He said, "Did you receive?" The Holy Spirit, when you believe. And they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul realizes there's something that's incomplete about their faith. They're followers of Jesus Christ, but there's something that's incomplete. So verse 3, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Well, John's baptism was a pre-Christian baptism. See, John was Elijah who was to come. He was preparing the way for the ministry of Jesus, the Messiah. They said, we've been baptized in John's baptism. And Paul says, uh-huh, okay, I'm trying to locate where you are. And, and then he says in verse 4, Paul says, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you're a follower of our Lord Jesus Christ and you have not been water baptized, let me say this to you, water baptism doesn't save us, but water baptism is an outward sign of an inward work. When I go through the waters of baptism, what I'm doing is, at Romans 6 says that those waters of baptism represent a watery grave, and I'm identifying with the life, death, and resurrection of my Lord Jesus Christ, and I go down into the to the water as if a grave, but I come out. Let me tell you something, when they dunk you, they will pull you back out, Okay? When you go underneath the water, you're coming out in newness of life. And it doesn't save you, but it's an outward sign of an inward work. And if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, but you've not been water baptized, you need to be. Please see Terry Hill. Terry, just wave again. She will help you to, 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 to schedule to be a part of a water baptism. Well, verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, in verse 6, let me ask you, who does the speaking in tongues? Somebody said the Holy Ghost does. No, they, the Holy Ghost doesn't speak in tongues. Believers pray in tongues as And it says, and they prophesied in this particular situation. Folks, being born again and then receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two separate experiences. Now, I realize it might happen all at the same time. You know, when I rededicated my life to the Lord, when I was a senior in high school at First Baptist Church at College Avenue, David Wilkerson was preaching. He preached a message on the prodigal son. He gave that altar call. I was in the balcony. I couldn't wait. I ran from that balcony down the back stairs, and I ran down to the front. And I wanted, as much as my little 17-year-old mind understood, I wanted Jesus to have all of me. Lord, I just say yes to you in every respect. Jesus, I'm not giving you just part of me. I just don't want fire insurance. But Lord, I want you to have all of me. I'm giving you all of me. And I, I just gave myself to the Lord. And after that service was over, David Wilkerson invited those who responded to go down into the basement of First Baptist Church. I didn't even know they had a basement. He invited us down there. He called it an afterglow service. And Dallas Holm was playing his guitar and singing. And David Wilkerson began walking around and laying his hands on, on, on different, different ones that had responded and saying, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he laid his hands on me and started praying for me, my tongue got kind of thick and began to trip. And I found myself sp- Speaking in a, I I didn't think it was even a language. It sounded like gibberish to me, but it felt so good down in here. I just kept it up. You know what? And and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit looking back, but I didn't recognize that's what it was. Eight months in the future, I go to college. I'm at Emmanuel College. I'm in a prayer meeting one night. And in this prayer meeting, my tongue again started to get thick and began to trip. And I kept stopping it, and I made myself pray in English. And one of the fellows that was there, just three of us in the room, he said, why are you doing that? Why don't you just pray in tongues? I said, well, First Corinthians 14 says you're not supposed to pray in tongues unless there's an interpreter. He said, you know what, you're right. Let's look at that. And so we looked at 1 Corinthians 12 and then chapter 14, and he says, this is talking about the public use of tongues in, in a public church service where there's lots and lots of people. When there's a message in tongues given, and there's a difference between a message in tongues given and, and your personal prayer language, he says, when there's a message in tongues given, he says, there should be an interpretation. There, there should be, the Spirit of God will make it clear as if in prophecy what's going on. But he says, he took. Me to Acts chapter 2. He says, Was there an interpreter in Acts chapter 2 when they were filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues? And I read it. I said, I don't guess so. He took me to Acts chapter 10. He says, Was there an interpreter in Acts chapter 10 when people were filled with the Spirit? I said, I don't guess so. He says, How about Acts chapter 19 that we've just read there in Ephesus? Was there an interpreter there of what they prayed in tongues? The Bible doesn't say there was. He says, and then he quoted Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, which I love. Now, everybody, all of us love verse 28, don't we? We all love Romans eight twenty eight. God makes everything work together for the good to those that love God, that are called according to his purpose. Okay, verse 26 says, we don't know how to pray like we should, but the Spirit. I said, we don't know how to pray like we should, but the Spirit. Come on. I said, you don't know how to pray like you should, but the Spirit will pray through you with groanings too deep for words. And he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for us according to the will of God. And my, my friend in college said, you just need to let yourself go. Just start praying in tongues. Just, just, I I said, well, it doesn't sound like tongues to me. It sounds like, I don't know what it sounds like gibberish, like baby talk. He says, believe me, it's tongues. And I just began to pray. I just begin to pray. And folks, the more I prayed, the more I wanted to pray. And the more did this river of living water started welling up from deep inside me. And folks, I'm telling you, thank God for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the opportunity to pray and to persevere. Now, John the Baptist said this about the Holy Spirit in Luke 3.16. John the Baptist answers, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Somebody say, Holy Spirit and fire. hmm Look at what Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 5. He says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many Days from now, folks, the ministry of John the Baptist was very important. His pre-Christian baptism was very important for, to prepare the way for Christ. Water baptism is very important for everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very, very, very important, and it's for us today. Acts one eight. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now now look at this verse closely. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, the 120 in the upper room were already followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, when you give your life to Christ, when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, and you make Jesus the Lord of your life, he comes to live inside you. Where does he live? Does he live in your head? Does he live in in, in, in some place in your physical body? He lives in your spirit man. Your spirit man that's created in the image and the likeness of God. The Bible says all things become new. Well, you don't look new on the outside, but you look new on the inside. Something has changed down here on the inside. Your spirit has now come alive. Amen? Okay. Jesus comes to live in your spirit, but Jesus doesn't come by himself. He brings God the Father with him and he brings the Holy Ghost with him. But there's a difference between being born again and having the Holy Spirit in you because you're, because you're born again and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See. Paul looked at those guys in Ephesus, he said they were disciples, they were followers of Christ, but he talked to them, and he realized something wasn't quite right. So his question was not, do you have the Holy Ghost? The question is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I want to ask you, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit this morning? Do you have rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being? Have you received that bit of heaven that God just gives us some heaven to go to heaven in? Glory is right. Thank you. Somebody said to me, "I I wish it was easy to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and to speak in other tongues. Look at me, everybody. How hard is it to receive a gift? How hard is it to receive a gift? Zach, come here and help me with this, if you will. Zach, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you a gift of my Bible okay Zach here's my Bible thank you pastor for your for my for your Bible (laughs) can I have your Bible here it is please pastor can I have your Bible I'll do anything for your Bible pastor here it is pastor I'm saying I've never had a Bible like that before please can I have your Bible what here here it is Zach Please, Pastor, I'll do anything I said for your Bible. I'll do anything, Pastor. Here, Zach. Really, I can have it? You can have it. I can have it. You can have it. Oh, thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you so
0: much.
1: You. I'll give it to you after service is over. I need it right now. Now, what would you say to Zach? Here, I'm offering him my Bible But he's begging for my Bible. I'm offering him this gift and yet he is, he's something, he's, he didn't believe. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't think he's worthy enough to have my Bible. Maybe he doesn't think that, maybe he thinks that some sin he created, he, he committed down the line is stopping him. But I'm going to tell you, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your of your sins and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm just not holy enough to receive the baptism of the Spirit. Well, everybody open your eyes and your ears and your hearts. If you're holy enough to receive Jesus, you're holy enough for the Holy Ghost. Woo! Come on, if you're holy enough to receive Jesus and be born again, you're holy. You're holy enough for the Holy Ghost, and God makes your body the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you don't. We don't have to cry and beg and oh God, please, God, somehow, some way, God, would you baptize me in the Holy Ghost? I'm gonna tell you something. I've had people say to me, "Well, I've just been, I've just been tearing for the Holy Ghost for a couple of years." That word tarry comes from Acts 1.8 in the King James Version. Jesus said, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued from power on high. And some pastors have had what they call tarrying services because we're just going to tarry and wait for the Holy Ghost. Well, folks, they waited in Jerusalem in the upper room because the Holy Ghost had not yet been given. But the comforter has come. The Holy Ghost has been given. You don't have to tarry. You don't have to wait. What you got to do is receive. (laughs) Glory to God. You know, sometimes I'll I'll pray with people. And and I've been pastoring now for over 30 years. And I bet, I bet, I prayed for thousands and thousands of people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there's some people I'll I'll lay hands on them and i pray for them and there's no response at all. And and they're, it's, it's like laying your hands on a block of wood. Draw your own conclusions. Here we go. <laughs> there are other people, you know, you start to lay your hands on them and you pray for them and they clench up. I mean, they're doing the white knuckle grip. Their jaw is clenched and they're just all rigid, tensed up. And I'll say, what's wrong? they say, I'm waiting for the Holy Ghost to hit me like lightning. I'm afraid he might make me do something I don't want to do. I got one word for you. Relax. (laughs) Chill out. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. He's the helper. Yeah, but I, I saw somebody. Yeah. Listen, the Holy Ghost is not going to make you walk on the back of one of those chairs. He's not going to make you turn three flips. And shout like a circus carny, unless you want to. Amen. The devil possesses, the Holy Spirit fills. Amen. And he doesn't make you do something that you don't want to do. I've had people say, well, but I was in a service and they were laying hands on people and they were falling. I don't want the Holy, the Holy Ghost is going to knock me now. And I just know. Well, folks, let me tell you, the reason people fall is because they get weak. In the presence of the Lord, we've got this, we've got a a, a a fleshly makeup, folks. And when you come in contact, sometimes see there are different levels of the anointing. And sometimes when you come in contact with a heavy layer, a heavy, a heavy power of the anointing, you get weak in your knees and your, your legs feel rubbery. And it just feels more comfortable to lay down than it is to stand up at that point in time. And I'm going to tell you something, it feels good. I know... Some people call it being slain in the spirit. I don't like that term. Let's call it resting in the spirit. I don't know that the Holy Ghost is slaying anybody. But, 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 and so, so, so we get afraid, you know, we're trying to maintain control. We're trying to maintain decorum. And what we need to do, Jesus said that if we ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give us a snake or a scorpion. He says, if you ask, it's going to be given you. To you. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I'll pray with some people and they're all tensed up and I'll say, just, just relax. Just relax. And I'll, I'll try to get them to read Acts 2 verse 4. Can we look at that scripture? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And then I'll say, would you read it again? And I'm showing it to them out of my Bible. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and to begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I'll ask, I'll say, who did the speaking in tongues? And, and and I've had people say, well, the Holy Spirit spoke in tongues. The Holy Ghost spoke in tongues. And I'll say, well, read it again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I'll ask, who who spoke in other tongues? And, and, and eventually they'll get it. They said, they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so I, I, I'll ask them, I'll say, you know, when I, when I laid my hands on you, did the Holy Spirit come upon you? And they'll say, what do you mean by that? I say, well, when I laid my hands on you and I said, I thank you, Jesus, that you're the baptizer in the Holy Ghost, did it feel good? They said, yeah, I felt this warmth. I, I just, it felt really good i say well that's the holy spirit he's gonna that's what he does for you he, he he'll he help you to to feel god good you'll feel the presence and the power of the lord and and then i'll ask him i said as you worship jesus as you as you just said jesus i love you i praise you did your tongue feel like it was getting thick did it begin to to trip a little bit and they'll say sometimes they'll they'll say no and sometimes they'll say yes and when they say yes i'll say that's the utterance of the Holy Spirit. See, God's not going to come and take control of your mouth. That's what we want him to do sometimes. We so focus on the tongues. We so focused on the evidence that we're not focused on Jesus and we're not focused on the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He's not going to make you speak in tongues. I've had people say, well, if God wants me to speak in tongues, he'll just have to make me. Well, they may go the rest of their life, and never get a personal prayer language because God is a gentleman. But what the Holy Spirit does, He gives us utterance. He'll, he'll He'll cause your tongue to start tripping like it did with me. My tongue just in First Baptist Church in the basement, as David Walker said, laid hands on me. My tongue is getting thick, and I'm trying to say, "I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus." And it's coming out all garbled, and I'm thinking, you know, something's wrong with me. Because see, you don't touch. You don't you don't connect with God in with your mind. Do you understand that? You you don't you don't connect you don't contact God with your with your brain. It says over in Numbers it says God is not a man that he should lie. It, 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 God's not a physical being. God is spirit. In fact, John four. Let's look at that scripture John 4:24 says God is spirit read this aloud with me everyone God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit but but there 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 are a lot of people that are trying to contact God we're trying to we're trying to analyze everything, and we're trying to contact God with this gray matter. Folks, God is a divine personality. You can't contact God with your mind, with your will, or with your emotions. See, there are some people that try to contact God with their emotions. They remember, well, I remember I, I felt the power of God, and I yelled real loud, and I jumped, and it felt so good. So, so we try to yell and jump, but folks, the power is not in the yelling and in the jumping. The power is in the person of the Holy Ghost. And thank God you can have a a physiological response to the anointing. But don't confuse the anointing with the physiological response. You don't contact God with your mind, with your will, with your emotions. You and I don't contact God with our physical bodies because he is spirit. The only thing that's physical about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what's going on with your tongue, is speaking in other tongues. And I personally think that God uses speaking in other tongues to humble us. Folks, it's, it's, it's a, it's a humbling thing. Let me, I've got this written in the margin of my Bible. Let me read it to you. It's a humbling thing to yield control of your tongue to God and be, be babbling in a new dialect, which by- bypasses your brain, a man or a woman who is unwilling to yield full control of their hearts to God will never yield control of their tongue and cooperate with the utterance of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues. We speak as the Spirit gives us utterance. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And honestly, I think this is where a lot of people really stumble in this area. A lot of see, we're trying to touch God with our brains, with our mind. We're trying to touch God with our emotions. We're trying to touch God with our physical bodies. God is a spirit. Let me tell you how you're going you're gonna to interact with God in your spirit, in your born-again, recreated human spirit. It's, it's, see, when God speaks to you, and we all want the leadership of the Holy Ghost because we've all got decisions to make. And we all are saying, Lord, should I do this, that, or the other? God's not going to talk to your head. God's not going to talk to your body. But God's going to talk to your heart. He's going to talk to your spirit, man. And this, you're going to suddenly have a knowing deep down inside you. And the Bible calls out a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge as the spirit of God talks to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 out of the Amplified. This is Amplified Classic Edition. I, I go to this sometimes because I really like the way it makes things easy to understand. Here It says, Paul says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive. It's what part of you is praying in tongues. It's your spirit by the Holy Spirit within you that gives you the ability to speak in tongues. Now look at John 14, verse 16. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you for a little while. I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you when you really have your act together. He says, I'm going to give you a helper that's going to abide with you. Everybody say it with me. Forever. Folks, the Holy Spirit comes to live and dwell in us, but we've got to learn to respond to him. He will give you the utterance. But many people fail here because they're relying on their natural senses and they're saying, I don't understand that. Folks, if Peter had relied on his natural senses, he would never have gotten out of that boat and started walking on that water. If Joshua had relied on his natural senses, he would have said, God, that's foolish for us to be quiet, to march, and then to... Then, 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 just to rest, not do anything. It doesn't make sense, God. We're ready to take this city. But see, they obeyed what God told them to do. And if you want to see miracles in your life, if you want to see breakthrough in your life, if you want to see God answer your prayers, you got to learn to cooperate with him and you got to learn to start stepping out in faith. God, I'm believing you. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, but God, I believe you. When we brought brother, brother Zach Barnes and Lacey Barnes on our staff, folks, we did not have the cash flow as a church to pay their salaries. But I knew in my heart that the Holy Ghost said, These are your youth pastors. How many think I heard from the Holy Ghost? And from day one, have you ever missed a paycheck? Do you know what we started? We had, we had we we didn't see the money, but we had to step out in faith. And as we stepped out in faith, now you don't want to step out in presumption. You don't want to step out in foolishness, f- f- folks. I-, I could give you illustration after illustration. See, if you're going to live a life of faith, you're going to ha- you can't be. You can't be so security minded that you are afraid. Folks, there's two forces. How much time do I have? I got, give me, would you give me another two or three minutes? There are two forces in this world. There's a force of faith and there's a force of fear. There are two trees in the Garden of Eden. There is a tree of life and there's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There are two laws in this world. Romans 8 says there's a law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. And then there's a law of sin and death. And every day of your life, you got to make your mind up. Today, am I going to partake of the law of the spirit of life in Christ? Or am I going to get over here and partake of the law of sin and death? Am I going to eat from the tree of life? Or am I going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And am I, going to, am I going to be filled with the force of faith? Or am I going to be filled with the force of fear? Every single day. Folks, you can meditate. Let me tell you, worry is meditating on a worst-case scenario. Anxiety. Well, man, if, you, if you're trying to keep up with everything that's going on in the world today, no wonder your heart's filled with fear. No wonder your heart's filled with anxiety. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 1 John chapter 5 says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Thanks be unto God who leads us in triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians fifteen verse fifty eight. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. You say, "Well, I don't seem to be walking in victory." I got this going wrong and that going wrong and the other. Well, let me ask you, which tree are you eating of? The tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Do you know the first emotion that Adam and Eve showed after they disobeyed God? God, in the cool of the day, came down and he began speaking to them. He says, where art thou? And Adam says, "Uh, Lord, we're we're over here. We heard your voice and we were afraid. Who told you? We're afraid because we're naked. Now they've been naked as jaybirds from day one. But God says, Who told you that you're naked? You've been eating from the wrong tree. And when you eat from the wrong tree, when you eat from the wrong tree, it'll affect your thinking, it'll affect your talk. When you subscribe to the wrong law, you can subscribe and say, I'm going to walk by the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus and not by the law of sin and death. If you walk by the law of sin and death, you know what? You're going to be thinking about sin. You're going to be thinking about doing things you shouldn't do. You're going to be thinking about going places you shouldn't go. Sin will hold you longer than you want to wanna be held and it'll do things to you you don't want it to do. there's a better way to say what I just said, but I can't think of it. (laughs) Well, things just aren't going so good for me. Well, are you full of the force of faith or are you full of the force of fear? The devil works by fear. Every time you allow fear to come into your life, you're opening the door to the devil. When my dad first went into the ministry, I was, I don't know, I was 12 or 13 or 14, I can't remember, but I remember he used to preach all over West Florida in little churches all over West Florida, and often... He would. He and Mom would go over there. About they'd leave here about because there's an hour's difference. They'd leave here about four or five o'clock, and I would stay home with my sister Carla. And I remember one night, one night I heard something. We used to have a. You don't have this really. Anyway, we used to have. Believe it or not, young people. Everybody under 40, believe it or not, we used to have antennas that you had to use to watch television by. I mean, I realize that's ancient, okay? We had this big old antenna, and I heard this dog or something rustling the the antenna pole. I could just hear it outside. And my little sister had already gone to sleep. And I remember I got my dad's 16-gauge shotgun. Now, they don't even make 16-gages anymore. It was his dad's before him. And probably his dad's before him, too, because it was old. It was held together by bailing wire. It was duct tape. I got that 16 gauge, and I had it sitting across my lap. And every time I heard something moving outside, I just knew that, you know, it was an escape convict that was crouching right outside my bedroom door. And I knew he didn't have anything better to do because he knew my mom and dad weren't home. And that escape convict was just trying to scare me and he's getting ready to come inside the house. And I had my gun at the ready. Now, folks, it turned out to be our neighbor's collie. But in my brain, now, which force was I allowing to rule my mind? See, your brain, if you allow that spirit of fear and anxiety to do it, your brain will do all kinds of crazy stuff. You'll have you'll you'll think of things you shouldn't think about but i'm gonna tell you you can have a sanctified and a holy and a godly imagination and you can be full of faith and you can see the word of god coming to pass in your life you can see god supplying all your need you can see god giving you divine favor you can see god god using you to share the gospel you can see you can see yourself giving money to other people to bless them you can see yourself as the head and not the tail and being above and not beneath and it's not just a sunday morning thing I'm I'm telling you this thing works on monday and tuesday and wednesday and thursday and friday and saturday it works all the time because as a man proverbs says as a man thinks in his heart so is he and some of you are down today because you've been meditating your unconscious and subconscious mind is meditating on the wrong stuff you need to get your mind on the lord i will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me, Paul said, here's the things I, I want you to, to be thinking about over in Philippians chapter 4. Let me read this to you. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true... Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Don't meditate on what's going wrong. Don't meditate on what the devil's doing. Don't meditate on your heartache. Come on. If you just meditate on your heartache, you're just going to get deeper in your heartache. The point is you want to come out of that stuff. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes comes in the morning. It don't come by accident. It comes because somebody says, you know what? I may be going through a tough time, but I put my faith in God, and God, I believe you're pulling me out of this thing. Many, many may be the afflictions of the righteous, but God says, I'm going to help you to deliver you out of them. All, can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Two trees. Tree of life and tree of knowledge. Let's eat from the tree of life. Two laws. Romans 8, verse 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Let's stay in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Two forces. There's the force of faith and there's a the force of fear. Let's stay in the force of faith. Faith in God is simply faith in his word. 7,000 promises in the word of God. Every single one of them is for you, but most of them require us to do something. It requires our obedience and our cooperation. And it may require that you have to walk on the water. Come on, say it. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter any day. Glory to God. I want you to stand to your feet.
0: We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth, and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.